Hey folks, just a warning before we get into the episode that this episode will contain some spoilers of the game we're playing. So if that's something that you want to avoid, I maybe come back to it once you've finished it. Uh, if not, then stay tuned and we hope you like. Hello and welcome to another episode of our little side series, Get Wrecked. In this episode, one of us from Playalon is joined by a special guest. We recommend each other a game that the other one has never played before in the hopes that they will enjoy it and then we come together to discuss our time with the game. In this episode, I'm joined by Richard. How are you doing, sir? Uh, doing all right. Doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's... Uh, it's... It's, it's good to speak to you again. I know, I know. It's been, uh, well, about a month or two since I was on Desert Island, um, which was a great time. Yeah, people should definitely go check that out. I'll, um, all your stuff will be in the description. Um, and it's just it was just a, a blast, yeah. So how, how have you been? Uh, been good, uh, very busy. Personal life is absolutely mad. I, uh, for those who don't know, I run a martial arts school, um, and currently we're we're training for a competition. So I've got about thirty students that I'm currently working with. Um, so yeah, it's just just crazy busy, um, and I, I still get some times for some games. Luckily, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, but apart from that, all good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, why don't we why don't we jump into the sort of the meat of what it is that you do over at Desert Island Games. Why don't you explain to the folks listening? Yeah, so Desert Island Games, uh, it all kind of, I don't know how I, I don't know how I was listening to it. There's a show here in the UK for uh, transatlantic people that listen to this show uh, called Desert Island Discs. And basically they get a guest on, they talk about music. And I was sitting, I was, I was in the car and I was like, that's a really great idea for a podcast for games. Um, so if the BBC are listening, I did not steal your idea. Um, at all. <laughs> not at all, no. <laughs> not at all. I just tweaked it. Um, and basically, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to get people on. I'm going to talk about... Because I love talking to people, talk about games, and just talking about what games they would take on a desert island. Currently, we're the interviews have kind of wrapped down. I'm in the process of re-editing a lot of my older content that was recorded on an old feed. Uh, with some, like, I got like six to eight interviews there that I thought I'd lost. So, which is really cool that I've recovered them. So they're going out uh, shortly, but I've, it's been a couple of weeks uh, since I've managed to get anything out. And currently I'm going through, trawling through my backlog and going to be reviewing different games on my backlog with uh, the expectation of, a, of a, a sub-series of Wish I'd Known, it's called, which is where I basically find games that I wish I'd known about and talk about them uh, while I'm while I'm on while I'm on the island. So you can find me just search Desert Island Games on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you'll be able to find my content. The interviews, luckily, don't really do a lot of news. Uh, sometimes, depending on what kind of uh, you know what I'm feeling, the interviews themselves or the chats, they're timeless, uh, which is really good. Uh, so yeah, go go yeah go check them out wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah, definitely. Like I like I said, I recommend it. Um... I was on an episode myself, you and were? we talked about uh, Metal Gear mostly, and then some other stuff <laughs> here and there. I think uh, I think the 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 conversation we had was ninety five Metal Gear, and and then the rest of it was was actually the show. Yeah, uh, which is great because 
you know, when you find a, a, a you know, again, we could deter a different different path, but when you find someone who loves uh, Metal Gear as much as yourself, and you can just discuss it and talk about it, it's it's great. You know, for whatever reasons, love it, hate it. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and when you kind of have that that kind of piece, or that that game that you're really into, because um, let's be honest, Metal Gear is an absolute. You know, it's a mind bender. Um, but yeah, so it was a lot of fun to have you on, and uh, happily anybody else, if anybody's listening, they want to join me and come talk about what games they're on. Just just let us know. You can hit me up at, um, at that chaps app on Twitter. There you go. That's my Twitter. Yeah. Awesome. No, it's definitely um, definitely something I recommend. I've said multiple times, but it's it's always interesting to hear where people got into games and how, and mm. you know, listening to your show among other people's kind of made me realize like it doesn't matter not so much what game you play but like when you play it can have a massive massive effect on on your experience with it a hundred percent i think um that's a really good kind of sort of point in the sense that people who are there's been some episodes where i've talked to people recently where they just don't like retro games and they go back to these retro style games and they just don't like them or they don't hold up today. I mean, I remember a conversation, I think it was with yourself, about Super Mario, uh, yeah. you know, the, 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 the first J, the first RPG one. It just doesn't, it doesn't hold up. It's not a game, but it's, it's held in such high regards. And mm. I think when, when it released, you know, people were like, this is amazing. Um, this is so different. And I think if you're playing, playing games in 2022 when they released like five or six years ago, I would love to speak to someone. Here's, here's what I'd love to hear from. Someone who's just completed The Witcher in 2022. That's oh, yeah. The Witcher 3, because I'd love to know their experience now after the open world games that we've had from um, Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, you know the, the, the amounts of Assassin's Creed we've had and uh, Ghost of Tsushima, all these different games. I'd love to know out there if someone went, oh, what is The Witcher 3? I've never played this before. I'm going to pick See, it up. I've never played it myself. Um, right but like you said it would be interesting to talk to someone because mm. you know between the witcher and assassin's creed like they kind of formed the open world games as we know them today so it'd be yeah. really interesting to see you know if, if somebody's never experienced it before you know that's essentially the granddaddy of of open world games so it'd be interesting yeah it would yeah something like skyrim you know what is someone's experience what how did someone feel when they played through skyrim a game that has now been out 11 years or whatever it is um in 2022 when that game is severely dated in places um i mean i still go back to it from time to time but it would be it'd be lovely to hear from those people but there you go i i digress but that's something for the for the for the future yeah definitely but for today we are talking about uh we unintentionally kind of managed to make it a metroidvania episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when we were talking about the different choices i was like and then when i come away from it i was like we've just turned this into a metroidvania yeah. which is great <laughs> you know uh which is interesting because I, I it's not long since i completed the the really recent release of metroid on the switch oh so, yes yeah, yeah it's good i yeah it's quite an interesting take um this the game's well, okay, so for the first game, you recommended to me 
Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah. No. Uh, go on. Goes to say, no, I was just going to give a little introduction as to yeah. um, the game itself. So it is a platform adventure Metroidvania uh, developed by Moon Studios and published by Microsoft. Originally released back in 2015 for the Xbox One and PC, but recently, well, semi recently, had a Nintendo Switch release in 2019. And you so the first thing that happened let's i tell you what let's let's talk about your experience with the game actually because you're the one who recommended it to me so when did you first discover ori and what was it about it so i discovered it via game pass so my recent sort of not recently not in the last I, i don't even remember when game pass launched um but it was one of the first games that i played on my pc via game pass and that game just mainly the world i think that's the big thing about a good metroidvania is the world is if the world is captivating you can get lost in that world and ori in the blind forest ori did it or you know and everything from that it has to be you know solid movement and that's one of the big things you look for in a Metroid. Well, I do anyway, whether you, you know whether it's an agreement or not. But that because you're moving and you're going from different platform to platform, and everything has to be so in tune, like in tune, I suppose is the great way to put it, or a way to put it. It's that kind of experience. But yeah, I first grabbed it when I was I when it dropped onto Xbox Game Pass. So probably the last three years, I think. Again, mm-hmm. I might be wrong when Game Pass launched on pc um because it's been such a blur but that's when i grabbed it yeah i mean for, for me it was on my list because of game pass uh i have only recently in the sort of past year or so actually got game pass finally bit the bullet and <laughs> i've been putting it off for so long because i was just like you know I, i'm never i had an xbox and a ps4 but all of my friends were on ps4 and then all of my friends left PS4 and went to PC. And so I was like, okay, well, I have a PC. I can play with them. But let me cancel PS Plus because I'm, I'm never going to use this again. And then me and my other half, Ellie, moved in together July last year. And she dips her toes into games now and then. And so I was like, okay, well, if I get Game Pass, I can play a bunch of these games that I wanted to play anyway you can dip your toes in and if you don't like it it's not really cost anything other than the upfront fee for the month but ori was on my list a hundred percent because of the art style 100 mm. percent. that was the, the the pulling factor for me i didn't even know until i booted this game up that it was a metroidvania um no i so for me it was one of those games what i didn't really know a lot about when i played it same similar thing really i didn't know what i was getting in for i mean and you're gonna forgive me my memory's a bit vague on on this because it's been a while since i sat down and played ori but it's a game that i want to revisit at some point um because it's just an absolute blast but yeah 
I was taken back that it's a Metroidvania. Yeah, and it's... I mean, I would say it's a Metroidvania in its loosest sense. I feel like it emphasizes a lot more on the platforming, yeah. uh, which is what I was expecting going into it. It has Metroidvania elements in terms of uh, pickups that you get that allow you to explore new areas, but it it isn't a Metroidvania through and through, I would say, yeah. No, I would. It's for people who are, have not played. If you've played Metroid, that's a Metroidvania. That is that is your bread and butter. Uh, Ori and the Blind kind of sits in that Rayman area. With uh, this is my opinion, and forgive me if it's everyone's got an opinion. Uh, most of them, most of the time, they're wrong. But it's that Rayman sort of Rayman platformer first, then Metroidvania second. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the wiki because um, I wanted to see the dates when it was announced. And it actually says on here that some of the gameplay elements were inspired by the Rayman and Metroid franchises. There you go. Um, and definitely, I mean, so in terms of the in terms of the plot, before we get onto the gameplay too much, um, this is what I was going to say, is I showed this to Ellie. And yeah. I was like, look at it. I like, this game is so up your street. Look at this art style. Look at it. It's so cute. It's, you know, the game art is this giant, purple ape ish creature hugging this small white glowing fox <laughs> and um beautiful description there <laughs> it's I just, it, you can't do it justice you know they've no. got the, the spirit tree in the background and everything it's just amazing but i showed it to ellie and she was like nope i'm not playing it and i was like you've never seen anything about it she was like nope i guarantee you that purple thing is gonna die <laughs> and so for anyone who doesn't know the plot of the game the plot of the game starts off uh essentially ori who is the white fox that i described uh fell from a storm as a newborn and was adopted by naru who is the purple creature that i was talking about and yeah some sort of environmental change in event happens to the forest that they live in everything withers and within the first three minutes of the cutscene of the game naru dies from starvation it hits you right in the feels right in the beginning doesn't it immediately from the bat um and i'm pretty sure she dies because she actually gives ori the last piece of food that they have in their cave uh yeah i uh i'm gonna have to like go back to it but i think you're right i think it's like this you know that that event happens, everything changes, and because it starts off all warm and cuddly, oh it's, yeah, it's it's like um, I'm trying to think of the best analogy, but anyway, it all starts off warm and cuddly, and you're like, this is really really nice, and you you get suckered into the graphics and the art style, you know, the art style of it, and the movement and the sound design, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it kind of turns on its head, hits you in the stomach. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. Now I'm now I'm really sad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so after the death of Naru, Ori is essentially left on their own to explore the forest. And they collapse near the spirit tree, which is essentially the life of the forest. And a small orb called 
I'm gonna call Cien Shine Shine. I'm gonna call it Shine. A small orb called Shine uh, essentially revives Ori and tasks Ori with uh, recovering the three main elements that the forest needs to grow back to its former beauty. Mm. And and that is where our Metroidvania element comes into it. Uh, Shen will essentially say to you, this is where we need to go and mark the general area on your map. And yeah. then off you go to that area and along the way you collect fins such as uh, a double jump, the ability to climb walls, the ability to dash by using enemy projectiles, which is very, very handy. Um, but the main, the main interesting thing for me is that you don't have a weapon of your own per se. You use something called the Spirit Flame, which is essentially the blue orb shoots out projectiles from it that attack the nearest enemy. Yeah, and those who don't, we we kind of spoken about Metroidvania quite a lot. Normally, with Metroidvania, you go from A to B to C. You can't like it goes A B C. You go in a certain order, mm -hmm. and you can't go to like D until you've done C, and you can't go here. And sometimes there's skippable parts. And I expect there's speedrunners out there who have completed Ori in like twenty minutes, who have broken the game to to all high heaven. Um, but usually you need a certain power to get to that next part, or you need a certain item to get to that next part. Yeah, definitely. And I i mean, I'm sure there's a way you could do it, but I, I wouldn't know how to. The game is very linear in its progression mm. system and kind yeah. of how it takes you through the world. So, obviously, you said it's been a while since you played it, but what do you remember about the gameplay, per se? Um, as I alluded to at the beginning um, of it, uh, the precision jumping is... In a, in a platformer, you know, you want really good style uh, of jumping. I think the biggest attraction to Ori and the Blind for me was its, was its looks. You know, I couldn't get over how good this game actually looks. Um... And I don't know, I even know how many are on the development team, but it's a, you know it's a just a great looking styled game with an incredible mechanic of makes you um, Mario does it the best when you press your buttons, it happens, mm. you know, and it's it's that non latency lag in reaction like. There's nothing worse than playing a platformer when you jump away from an enemy or you jump over a canyon and you're you you either you press it and you wait or um, there's just this real kind of disconnect between what you're doing and what's going on on screen. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, I don't know how to explain it other than saying it's like Twitch platforming. Yeah. Like, you you get these power-ups, and towards the end of the game, you start floating through this environment, because there are 
these like plants that you can jump on that give you green health and they give you a little bit of a bounce so i found myself like i would double jump and when ori double jumps she she rolls flips forward and then i would land on this green fin and she would like pirouette into the air and then i could flip forward again and use my dash ability to dash from the projectile the enemy just shot at me up onto a ledge and then bounce straight off the ledge and once you really get it down the the platforming is some of the smoothest platforming i think i've ever experienced in a video game yeah i would completely agree i um distinctly remember feeling that they got this part of the game which is the most important part of the game in this style of game down to an absolute t that uh, that kind of moment to moment jumping you know flipping through the air but it looks good as well and ori looks graceful doing it there's no yeah. as i said there's no disconnection there's no lag no latency you do it you move and you go from there and even like the combat when you kind of fire projectiles at enemies everything looks really pretty and everything looks amazing it could keep you like keep you engaged in the game yeah definitely and you know the platforming is a massive part of it but there is small parts of combat uh, using that spirit flame that we said about and you can evolve it and upgrade it to the point where it will attack two enemies at once you can hold down the button to charge up a blast that essentially causes a small explosion and so that was some of the most fun i had was finding ways to platform through this environment gracefully and as quick as i could while also attacking the enemies near me because the spirit flame has almost like a radius that it can reach the enemies on so you can kind yeah. of just spam the attack button while you're still jumping and it's just when you nail it down it's such a a smooth system and it just makes you feel so good you're like oh that was it's not even like a sense of pride it's just graceful like you said you you just watch ori kind of jumping about floating from place to place and it's just it's hard to describe the movement is almost like um, a dancer when the, when a dancer gets the the moves right and puts it and links it all together ori moves in that same kind of fashion um and there is a real sense of achievement when you get to a part because if forgive me if i'm get this wrong again as i said it's been a while that you have like if you die in ori you go back to like a, a shrine is that correct yeah so i was going to touch on that in a minute so there's there's two systems um there are wells located throughout the forest which you can use to save your game and to teleport from place to place and if you die you go back to one of them but yeah ori also has a soul link system where you have a blue meter that you use to create those big explosions and stuff but you can use that to by holding b you can create a soul link which essentially yeah. creates a save point exactly where you want it so it's very handy for those harder uh, platforming sections especially in the sort of last biome there's lots of spikes and lava and very quick ways to die 
and so creating a soul link before you try and tackle that part of platforming is really handy because you start exactly where you want it to and that's also how you access your skill tree as well you you interact with the soul link to to upgrade all your items using your ability points yeah um i forgot the, uh where i was going with that i was talking um, about what was he talking about <laughs> He's yeah talk- my i just i just kind of I get lost in in listening and you talk about dancers that's um, it yeah and it was even i think yeah even when you die and you go back to, it's not a frustrating feeling it's not like because it, it's usually with these kind of games it's you that's made the mistake not that the game you know doesn't cheat or anything it's you've got to learn that mechanic and you touched on it there's a skill tree and um you can power ori up but you also as a gamer not that term but you know as a player you get better as you know you get on because you can you understand where to make those jumps Mm. and those those shrine that shrine system those well systems it's always very helpful because let's be honest how many times did you die in ori oh countless so many times because especially later on there's one section that really really sticks with me and it's the last area that you do you get um the last element and essentially it's like a lava pit Mm. and you're going you're going around and you're trying to make the lava go down you have to block certain areas and there's like these mini temples that you enter and essentially they'll each be a platforming level and then you get to the end and you block the lava and there is one where there are these enemies that are like rocks that float and they're shooting projectiles and they track you and what you have to do is you have to use Ori's dash ability to attach yourself to the projectile and dash away from them make your way up this platforming block the lava and then make your way back down but you need them alive to make your way back down so because when you dash if you dash to the right Ori will shoot the projectile to the left and so it's really tricky because you have to do it in such a way that you are not only dashing where you need to get to but not killing one of these enemies because you need them on the way back to be able to get back to where you came from yeah and there's lots of it's things like that there are lots of times where you know you'll you'll try and reach for a projectile to dash upwards and you'll miss or an enemy will come out of nowhere there's like these enemies that curl up into a ball and roll at you Mm. they'll just come launching out of nowhere and get you without even realizing but because of that soul link system and because of that shrine system essentially what you can do is as soon as you revive if you're still holding the stick or you would just immediately start running and it's seamless so you can just put that soul link where you need it and as soon as you die there's no load screen there's no waiting you're back in the action and off you go yeah they do everything like from what i remember they do everything in such an incredible way that really does make you just want to keep playing, I think is the best way to describe this game. Oh, you don't yeah. ever feel cheated. You don't, like I, I, 
I, I covered uh, you know a, a few minutes ago. Don't feel cheated. The game doesn't cheat you. Everything is done to make you feel good about playing this game. The, st- the story, like we said at the beginning, isn't isn't fun, um, but everything else, uh, you know, the gameplay just. It's really hard to kind of talk about a Metroidvania without repeating about the gameplay because that is the key element to yeah, definitely. the platform uh, me- uh, Metroidvania. It's not like an open world game where you can talk about this side quest or an RPG, you know, that kind of thing. You have uh, the idea of a platformer Metroidvania. You're going from A to B. Um, and ultimately, A is the start, B is the finish. You've just got a hell of a task to get through to those things, and you've got to power up on the way, and you've got to do the different platforming sections. And I remember getting quite frustrated with, I think there's a, a section, if I remember correctly, where you can glide. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, later on, you gain um, you gain a feather from this giant bird called Kuro, um, and it allows you to glide. And I remember spending far too long on that section like wanting to punch something because it was i just kept making the same mistakes and whether i was playing because i was tired or whatever it's just a very frustrating feeling because i think if there's if i remember correctly you're going through and there's like spikes everywhere and like you just you get it wrong you know about it there's lasers and yeah yeah it's um i was going to talk about that a little bit as well because there are sections where Essentially, there's this giant bird called Kuro, who's like a giant owl, and you encounter her a few times throughout the game, and she normally instigates these chase sequences where you have to run away from her as fast as you can, Mm. and that bit that you're talking about, I believe, is one of them. You're trying to get from like the top of the mountain back down to the forest, and you have to glide your way through countless enemies and spikes and it will be things like you need to stop gliding and then drop straight down but start gliding soon enough that you don't hit the spikes below and you can glide down to the next platform diagonally um and it is very tricky it's very precision platforming but there are also i don't know if you remember there's one time where kuro finds you and you are essentially sneaking um and you're like in yes. logs and you're you're running from log to log so that she can't see you yes yeah that um, was a very very good section i like that i i think ultimately the biggest thing i remember from ori is just ori the way they the way they designed ori to move like everything about ori's movement the character the character just incredible just everything about it, you know, from when the running on the, the two legs to, to jumping around to to doing the spin through the air when you double jump. Everything about her looks incredible. Um, that's one of the biggest takeaways. If, if you haven't played it, play it because it's one of the best looking platformers you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the... I know it's been a while since you played it, but the story is is really good. Really, really good. Um, they're essentially... You are trying to restore this forest, and you find this blue orb that this creature has, and you, you end up chasing this creature, and then later on down the line, the creature... You've essentially unintentionally befriended this creature... And it now takes this orb back to 
to the purple creature and revives the purple creature and brings the purple creature back to life and then that is what stops the owl because at the end the owl is is going to kill ori and that is what stops the owl from killing ori because the owl has children of her own and it's kind of like this remembrance of losing her children because um you know the purple creature nearly lost ori and it's just it's it's really really heartfelt and i like i you you alluded to i did get addicted to it i remember the day i finished this game i came home from work and i played it and then the next thing i knew like i got home about six and the next thing i knew it was like half 11 at night when i finished it (laughs) and i was just like where the hell did that time go like what the hell happened yeah it's certainly a game when i remember and this is one of the reasons why i want to revisit it is purely on the basis that when i when i finished ori it was this really weird kind of like um in gaming terms like an emptiness that i i I find it after i get get sucked into a game i'm like and then i complete it i'm like oh and then I go on this really weird kind of like spiral of not knowing what to play next because I'm a little bit kind of lost because I've had such a great experience with Ori and I kind of shut down from, and I jump from game to any game. I jump from game to game. And I remember having that same thing when I completed Ori. I was a bit like, oh. And I think because the entire package is really good, that it's not like, um, dare I say it, I've alluded to on my show many times, Octopath Traveler. <laughs> I, know two different, I know they're two different games, but bear with me. Where part of the package in Octopath is great. The the combat, the graphics, and the sound design is incredible uh, from the music and everything else. But the, 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 the overall story is not, you know, I don't think it's that great. Where Ori, yes, it's a different type of game and you're doing different things, but everything about that package kind of makes you just want to play it. There's no like, oh, okay, I'm doing this because of this reason. I'm doing it for this reason. I can guarantee from the way you spoke is even if you weren't doing it because because of this show, you would have played Ori and got the same reaction and enjoyed it just as much. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I've not enjoyed... I, I definitely... I wouldn't classify it as a Metroidvania per se. It definitely no, has I... Metroidvania elements, but I'd say it's a platformer. It's like a narrative driven platformer and i don't think i've played a platformer like it no and i think that's that's the thing i mean a lot of games get tied up into different genres um uh, you know nowadays because they want obviously marketing and they want things to sell and but i agree with you i don't think i think it's it's platformer first they looked at ori um and went right okay what do we want to make we want to make a platformer okay we'll add this this and this but let's make sure our platforming sections are absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. and they and they nailed the entire package. And that's what I mean. This kind of emptiness feeling of when you when it's done, you're like oh. And then when you try and play other platformers released, it's very difficult to kind of. I think you'll find it very difficult to find another platformer that's going to feel that kind of, you know, give you that same feeling that Ori did yeah definitely um so i mean just to kind of to wrap up Ori, then i got a feeling that i I have an idea what you're going to say but from your memory would you recommend it to other people who were looking to get into 
uh, a good platformer. Um, yeah, especially if you've got Game Pass. It goes on sale a lot on the Switch, um, and I'm told it runs magically on the Switch. But I think it runs... Now, I f- forgive me, I will check. I think it does run at 60 FPS, whether that's handheld and docked. But if you've got Game Pass, get it on your PC because that's where you're going to have your best buttery ex- or your Xbox console. Wherever you can get your best buttery experience because you want minimal latency, lag, minimal, any of that. You you want the best experience possible. Um, from my understanding, the Switch version is great. But again, if you've got Game Pass on console or PC, you haven't got any excuse. Go and play this game. It is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't really, um, I can't really add anything to it because I 100% agree with you. I, I've not played a platformer like it before, and I'm not entirely sure, other than the sequel, when I'll play a platformer like it again. Mm. And um, like Richard said, it's on Xbox Game Pass. So if you if you have Game Pass, then 100% check it out. Yeah. But yeah, gone. definitely. No, no, you're just agreeing. Just definitely. Oh, okay, yeah, hundred percent. But um, that leads us into our second game that I suggested to you, mm. which is Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, before we jump into your experience with this, Hollow Knight, unlike Ori, is definitely very much a Metroidvania. Um, yeah. I I actually I actually define it as a Soulsvania. Um, just because essentially so it's a 2017 Metroidvania game developed and published by Team Cherry. And you control a nameless warrior. You don't know where you came from. You don't know why you're there. But you find yourself in this land called Hallow Nest. And it's essentially being overrun by some kind of evil. And your job is to to quell that evil. And the reason I say, personally I say Soulsvania, is because when you die you do leave a ghost that has your money and also half of your health pool which you need to go and defeat that ghost in order to gain that back so what would you what was your what would you say was your kind of first experience of of hollow knight uh it broke me <laughs> so when did you first heard about it? Because it came back. It was about it's about five years old now. So. Yeah, it is. Um, I actually did a little bit of research of, of the game. I didn't realise this is actually part of uh, a game jam, um, which is incredible. Back in 2013, that's when the original concept came together. Um, I did some research via the wiki and different bits and pieces. I'd heard of Hollow Knight, like not long after it released, and. I'm a big old Souls fan. Um, played those Souls games, but one of my favourite Souls style games is Salt and Sanctuary. That is 
one of my ultimate favorites. And if you haven't played it, please go play it because it's great. Um, and I saw Hollow Knight come out, and I was like, do you know what? This is this is this is something that reminds me of of Salt and Sanctuary. It definitely, as you, I would agree with you, it's Metroidvania first above all else. It's that mm-hmm. Metroidvania. It follows that Metroid series. Now, for me, I never really understood what Metroidvania is because my first Metroid was the most recent Metroid on Switch. Um, so, yeah, I obviously knew of the concept. Um, but I brought this when it released on Switch and it's just sat there in my backlog, never touched. That's that's like my experience with it. It's a completely... Une- like. I went into this completely and utterly blind to what I'd once I started doing a bit of digging, once I knew I was coming onto the show, and once I started playing that was that was kind of it. That was, you know, my very open experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, a friend of mine got me onto this game probably back in like twenty eighteen, maybe early twenty nineteen. Uh he came round one night with his switch. And was just like, you need to see this game. And I was fucking hooked from the get-go. Mm. I bought it and then I kind of dipped in and out of it over the years. Mainly because there is a certain boss later on that made me rage quit. And I just put it down and didn't play it for like two years. Yeah. And I only recently completed it, uh, I want to say late 2021. So very, very recently. So... In, in in terms of the story of the game, essentially, <laughs> essentially, what I told you is the gist of what you know. Yeah, that's from my understanding. Um, it opens to this really random cutscene. Like you are, uh, you are completely utterly. So I'm going to say this now before anybody asks. I haven't completed it. So I don't know. I've got to a certain point, which we'll, we'll probably go into to detail shortly. But I, I don't quite understand what is going on. And typical Souls-like games has this where you're completely and utterly guessing yourself all the time about what is going on in this world or in the world that you are dropped into. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of very similar to souls there's a lot of environmental storytelling there's lots of story being told via npcs and sort of offhand comments that npcs will make that at the time don't make any sense but then when you talk to another npc six npcs later all of a sudden they have a throwback to what this person said and you're like oh okay right but even then for every question that you answer about the world that you're in, there's another six that arise. Mm, yeah. And so essentially, the I, I won't go into too much detail because obviously you haven't completed it, but essentially what is happening is that this evil has overtaken the world and you are there to stop it. And so... I got that much from from like what I'd experienced so far. I got that kind of like, okay, I'm here for a reason. There is something taking over this world, and I'm here to put an end to that. I I I I got that much. Yeah. But the to an extent of why this evil is being caused or 
you know, those kind of things, I'm still very much in. I think it's been alluded to, um, but I normally, and forgive me, with these types of games, I normally do the story after because I love the gameplay. Yeah, I say I love the gameplay. I've got a different experience of Hollow Knight, um, but it's normally <laughs> the gameplay and stuff that hooks me in, and I'm not too fussed over lore and story. I don't normally play a Souls-style Metroidvania game for the story. I couldn't tell you really what was going on in the recent Metroid, but I could tell you about the gameplay and how much fun it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of... I know it's a bit strange, but yeah. Yeah, so essentially... Um what is happening in this world then is there is a there was a creature back in the ancient times called the radiance and so the radiance was capable of uh essentially brainwashing the citizens of hallow nest into obedience and so what happened was a warrior called the pal king came along slayed the radiance and freed the citizens of Hallow's Nest. He then created these things called vessels, which would be used to contain the radiance and this infection that's taken over the land. And the most worthy of those was the Hollow Knight. And so this... You know the temple at the beginning, the Temple of the Black Egg, that yeah, giant yeah, yeah. egg? Yes, yep, yep essentially what is happening is radiance is inside of that egg and is attempting to break out of the egg and is weakening the egg that is in God, and yeah. so is causing this disease to escape so even though this disease and you see this disease in the world there's like massive orange lumps that start to take over different creatures as you go further and you can see them in the background of, of some of the darker places and so essentially even though this disease is an issue what you what you don't know is it's actually a precursor to a much bigger issue that is going to come later down the line yeah like i said i got most of most of it you know in gist um it'd be something that i'd probably have to go back back to at some point and really sit down with the to get into the story i think is the probably mm -hmm. gonna be the way i do it um I, I won't go into too much in terms of the ending then but there are I'll, I'll tell you now there are multiple endings there are like four five different endings a friend of mine told me that yeah a friend of mine did tell me that there was multiple endings to this game all it's depending to, gone i was gonna say similar to you i had a i bought it and it stayed on my switch they're like have you you know friend kept going have you played hollow knight i'm like well i've got it i just haven't had time um i'll make time all right all right He's like, it's a game, it's got this, it's it's a Souls-like, yada, yada, yada. Multiple endings. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like three years later, I still haven't played it. Yeah, it's... um, it, So so one of them is considered like the true ending. Um, yeah. Which I, I won't, I won't divulge if you're gonna, if you're gonna continue playing. Well, are you gonna continue playing? I think it's going to, so... For me, it's going to be a game that I'm going to dip in and dip out of. Right. Like, there'll be time. I'm not going to uninstall it from my Switch. I'm going to. So that's where I played it, by the way. So if anybody's wanting to know, because I want to talk a little bit about um, my experience with performance and stuff. 
mm-hmm. uh, because that's where I played it. Uh, no bad experience. I'll, I'll tell you now, it runs flawlessly on the Switch. Um, they got this game nailed down to a T. Yeah. Um, and even on my old rickety Switch, bless it, it it's, it's running all good. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be a game that I would uninstall but it'd be a game in between games, if that makes sense. Like if I've got some downtime, I'm I'm not playing. I don't really know what to play. I'll come back to this and then mm. do two or three hours. How I feel Hollow Knight is probably you've got two spectrums. Either you experience it all in one and you don't play anything else. Um, but I find with these type of games that I would end up getting very frustrated and end up just not wanting to do anything else other than punch a brick wall. Um, <laughs> So for me, it's got to be done in in sessions where I say, mm. right, okay, tonight I'm going to do an hour of Hollow Knight. Okay, that's enough. And kind of break away. So spoiler-wise, it doesn't really bother me too much. Uh, you know, if you want to divulge more, you know, it doesn't really... As, I, as I've said, I, these type of games, I'm much more about how does the gameplay feel? How's mm. the combat? Okay, what abilities have I got before I worry too much about story... If I want to play a story-focused game, I'm diving into a heavy RPG, and I know what I'm in for. If that makes sense, yeah. I've never. Same with the Soul series, and I get moaned at a lot because people say you're missing such a great part of Soul's experiences. But I find it quite frustrating to have to find my story on Wikipedia or a wiki or a YouTube video from someone who has taken the time and that's just that's just a very personal thing for me and you know i know some people love it uh but i play soul style games because of that moment to moment gameplay that moment of i've been stuck on this boss for three hours and then i've done it Hmm. and it's that that feeling of kind of that rush of getting it right makes me want to continue playing these games Okay, right. Well, so then the I'll just say that the canon ending is that essentially inside the Black Egg is the Hollow Knight who originally contained this radiance and this disease. Mm. Um, and the Hollow Knight has now become corrupted. And so you have to kill the Hollow Knight. And by doing so, you now have to take its place in order to stop the radiance and the disease from spreading so the game ends with your nameless warrior actually trapping himself in the black egg and containing this this radiance and so it's kind of this endless cycle where a vessel comes along destroys the hollow knight becomes the hollow knight um but there is one ending where have you met hornet the... I've met Hornet. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It was actually out of all the bosses, I really love the music for that boss fight. Oh, it's amazing. I, I, the soundtrack overall is incredible. Like the the team, they they got it right. I love the soundtrack in this game. Um, but that boss fight music was just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But there is a a non-canon ending where Hornet shows up to help you defeat the Hollow Knight. Oh, nice. Um, But in doing so, she becomes trapped with you inside the egg and she too becomes the Hollow Knight. And so essentially she comes to help you and ends up being stuck with you. 
which is a bit of a, a kick in the balls. That's a yeah, that's a bit of a kick in the teeth. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I know there's a there's there's the new one coming along, isn't there? Silk Song. Silk I've Song. S- yes. I've seen the cover. That looks like it is Hornet. Yeah, you actually play as Hornet. That's why it's not a canon ending. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I think. Um, so for me, for the, for this podcast, I I sat down. I was like, what? How do I want to describe my experience with this game? Frustrating uh, is kind of where I'd allude because I didn't know what I was getting in for, and I kind of casually thought I was going to breeze through this game. I was a bit of a, I've just been, I, I just come off Elden Ring high. I think it's the best way to describe <laughs> it. And I was like, yeah, okay, I've just done like 60 hours of Elden Ring. I've killed a load of bosses. I'm this, I'm that. And um, to put it bluntly, this game brought me back to Earth with a thud <laughs> in the terms of gaming. So in terms of the gameplay itself, let's just rush over that quick and then we, yeah, can, yeah, we can get into it. So essentially you have a, you don't have a health bar, you have these masks mm. and every time you're hit you lose a mask, but then you have a soul meter next to it, which you can use to replenish your health. Yeah. You gain soul by attacking enemies and like I said, when you die you lose all of your geo which is the currency in the game and you also lose part of your soul meter so you now have to trek back kill your ghost that is there and regain your geo and your soul um you can fast travel around the world with these stag stations i think they're called yeah they're called stag stations and you you unlock them with your geo and it's essentially a giant stag beetle that take you to whichever station you've unlocked that you choose to go to i'm and thinking the hollow knight is a beetle i, I think it's, it, it just says it's an insect like knight but it, it looks beetle-ish yeah definitely um, the world is grotesque let's be honest <laughs> the, world, the, the world is grotesque it's very dark and it's very uh bug-like is the yeah. only way to describe it but Sorry, I interrupted there. Yeah, one one of the interesting things is uh, the map system. So you don't have a map of your surroundings. You have to find the cartographer who will then sell you a map of the area and you can normally hear him whistling and see sheets of paper on the floor that will lead you to him. I loved this, by the way. I really did. This this system of the map yeah. system? Yeah, I think it's such a... Uh, uh, whether it's an uh, like a, an inventive way of doing it, uh, you know, whether it's been done in similar systems, you know, different ways before. But I thought it's a game that doesn't hold your hand, and this is that adds to that element of not hand holding. You have to find someone who will give you a map where you have to kind of essentially make the map yourself. Yes, yeah. So when you uh, when you explore, he'll give you part of the area, and then as you explore, you sit on these benches which act as your save points which is where you respawn when you die and when you sit down the hollow knight will 
or the the night i should say will update the map to show you like okay this is where this is these are the tunnels and stuff and so you start to kind of make the world as you're going along yeah you have to buy a like a like a pen don't you from the the yes NPC yeah. in um dirt i want to say dirt mouth it is dirt mouth yeah yeah, yeah. the first town isn't it yeah. yes uh, so and then you can update your map as you sit on the benches and you can do your bits and pieces like that. And I thought that was really cool. I thought it was a really clever way of doing it because it kind of it forces you to explore, yeah. but it also gives you a sense of um, being lost. Is the best way to describe it. Oh it's, yeah, you did are... you ever did you ever die in an area that you hadn't mapped and you yep. had to try and find your ghost? Yep, find my ghost and then die because I couldn't find my ghost or I'd yep. gone somewhere else. Ah. <laughs> uh, and it was like, uh, okay, right, got to do all that again. Um, and it really does play that system of um, we're going to make you feel completely vulnerable. You are this small little beetle or insect running around with the smallest reach in the world on your weapon. And if you go into an area you have not mapped, it's essentially like going into a dark maze with no torch yeah yeah you are you are very much throwing yourself to the wind and and hoping that you survive yeah um and so you know i think the last thing to talk about before we get into your experience is probably the combat you kind of alluded to the short reach of the now that the knight has um how did you how did you find that um it took me some time getting used to it um i think yeah it's that kind of like understanding that reach and understanding you know what you can do um i i did watch a couple of videos of like some speed runs of the parts that i'd already done and watching those you know understands that moment of time and how to use those uh, invincibility frames when you get hit to your advantage yeah it, it took me some time to get used to it I also felt like possibly that I had a problem with my Joy-Cons because, you know, we were talking about in Ori where you wanted to feel, you know, there was no latency. With my Joy-Con mm. on my Switch, I always felt like there was a bit of latency when I was jumping. When I used my actual controller, there was nothing. So I had two different very varying experiences depending on the, the, the hardware I was using, Not nothing to do with the software. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, it was. it did me take me – it took me a little while to get used to the, the actual – breach of the sword yeah because i mean i i played on switch as well and i absolutely loved my experience on it um but the combat is interesting because you can equip charms when you sit at the bench and i mean depending on what side quest you do and how much you explore you get everything from a shield when you're healing you with the soul to instead of shooting out because you can you pre-compress a to shoot out a blast of soul at an enemy and you can turn that into insects you can turn it into grubs like there's all kinds of different ways you can do it but one of the one of the interesting things for me and i'm, I'm curious if you ever managed to to pull it off and get it down was the um the the needle bounce where you you jump in the air and you switch you attack down with the needle and it allows you to bounce off of the enemy no i tried and failed it's really really fucking hard. i might i got my garlic once or twice but that was fluke 
Oh yeah, I no, can... it's really hard to pull off. Uh, it's uh, it's from a, from what I was reading. It's a speed run technique. You need to be able to do that needle bounce before you can even really consider speed running. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it's one of those things that it's it's so hard to pull off because of that reach of the nail. And there are ways that you can. I think they call them nail arts. You can increase the range of your nail and yeah. um, different attacks and things like that. But that kind of brings me into the last bit that I wanted to talk about the game is that it is almost completely free roam but not entirely so by exploring you'll gain new power-ups uh, everything from a double jump climbing on walls to the ability to charge a dash that allows you to infinitely dash across the screen which is brilliant for clearing some of the sections later on uh to like a cloak that allows you to travel through these black portals of energy that you can't travel through but there will be certain points where you don't have the correct power up to progress mm. and so i guess like what i was going to ask is how how you felt about that kind of system that exploring but maybe not being able to go completely everywhere it's with a metroidvania i expect it i expect there to be some uh sequence break is i think they call it um is what they with the metroid games because i was doing it in the the most recent metroid where you would go to an area you shouldn't be but you'd find a way to get through to get to a power that you probably should get in like two stages time um and i think with more time uh, you know and and going back to hollow knight i would experience that same kind of feeling of okay i can sequence break here I do agree. I think it lends itself to being free roam because it it almost forces you to because of the way the map system is. Now, whether you're like me or not, if you've got a map, you're constantly checking that map. A to where you've been, B to where you go, especially if you've got a quest marker. Mm -hmm. When a game drops you into a game and says, right, there's, there's your playground, your inquisitive side of being a human, you'll explore an area that you probably shouldn't. I remember quite early on, uh, going into one of the areas, which and I was like, I don't know if I can make it through here. And there was loads of thorns all around the, the world. It's really, really early. Um, but I was like, just inquisitively looking. And I was just getting, like, every time I jumped, I was like, okay, I'm landing on thorns here. But I found myself doing that so much across the game. Yeah, you do. You kind of, you kind of make this mental note of being like, okay, right, I need to. I need to come back here later. I need to some kind of thing I need. You might not know it, and then you'll get, for instance, that ability to charge the dash across the screen. And you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can use that in that area, and I can go and explore there now. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's talk about your actual experience of the game, because I'll just say outright, to me, Hollow Knight is the best Metroidvania ever, creme de la creme, Ooh. how it should be done. So that's, that's an accolade there. Um, so I can't, I can't give it like that kind of accolade because I've not completed it. Um, but I've played enough of it to know whether I would put it. So the best Metroidvania I've ever played is the most recent Metroid, but that's because it looks the shiniest. It plays the best because it's the most recent. It plays fantastic on Switch. 
So taking that out of the equation, because this game released before Metroid, um, Metroid Dread. Um, even though I had quite a frustrating experience because I didn't know what I was getting into, um, this is one of the best. Can I say that? Yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. I think it's for, for the, the chunk that I've played. And I've put about on my Switch, I think I've put about 20, 25 hours in. Oh, you're a fair chunk in then. I d- I, well, I don't feel like it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I think my playthrough ended up about 36 hours. I did yeah. a bit of exploring, but I didn't explore too much. Uh, with these, I kind of explore quite a lot. So I don't think I'm... Anyway, uh, it was definitely a chunky time was had. And I would say, yeah, there is a lot. Now, if I'd have played straight on my, my Switch controller, not my Joy-Con, because I think I've got... A do- I think my Joy-Con's just getting old. Mm-hmm. Um, that frustration probably wouldn't have crept in or if I was playing on PC that frustration would have been there and I think it was a more of a hardware frustration and again like I said I was riding the Elden Ring high that I thought you know any Souls-like game that comes across <laughs> me I'll be able to cane and, and destroy <laughs> and, and but Hollow Knight brought me back down to it the sense uh, back down to earth with a sense of actually do you know what this is this is a good feeling um the soundtrack hooked me and i want to hear more of it the gameplay is addictive there's a real nice repetitive gameplay loop you get stronger but then that next section kind of bats you back a bit and makes you realize that you're not that strong yet and you as a person playing like the way i describe it is you level up you get better your skills get better you understand the abilities and the way they work i would for a chunk that I've played, I would probably agree with what you're saying. It is one of the best Metroidvanias on the planet. If if people want to experience Metroidvania at its best, and they don't own a Switch to get Metroid Dread or anything like that, buy Hollow Knight, because mm-hmm. it will give you that everything experience. And just going to put this out there, graphically, it's an amazing looking game. It's like a drawn art style. I don't know what you kind of call it. It's 2D. It's on a 2D plane. Um, but it all looks drawn. It all looks really nice. Char- you know, that everything just, everything suits. That they, they knew what they were making. They knew the world they wanted to make. And they built this idea around this insect style world where mm-hmm. you would jump in and you would do this kind of task of saving saving this insect world. And it's not like where you see certain studios, they'll have this idea and then all of a sudden it'll become a magnitude of things. They had one idea, they made a game around it and it works. Simple as that. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like you were saying, they there's almost like regions in the game. So one region will be like a shrubbery region that's full of bushes and the enemies resemble bushes. But then there's, uh, I don't know if you got to like the Mantis section, but the Mantis Lord's boss fight in Hollow Knight is one of the best boss fights of a video game ever. It's got to be like top five for me. Absolutely amazing. It's it's up there with the Hornet one. The Hornet one is, it would be hard to pick. The Hornet boss fight was, and I know it's early, but everything about that boss fight was done perfectly like yeah. from the music the intensity of the music as the boss fight goes on 
the 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 small twitching gameplay like and where you can when you start feeling like you you start getting i found myself especially on that fight and a lot of the fights falling into the same pattern where all of a sudden i'd get a bit too um what's the words i'm looking for i would get a little bit carried away and i'd start mm. test or getting greedy and i do it all the time in souls games i'm getting greedy and all of a sudden the boss would knock me down a peg or two and before i knew it, i've lost three of my masks yeah and it's like oh, okay i need to regroup here but then all of a sudden you start getting in time with the music you start getting in time with the, the boss fight and it becomes a, a really cool experience and actually getting that ability that dash ability made i remember that feeling of getting that dash ability going actually this game is now starting to slowly open up and i can get from place to place and i can skip through things and yep. i can move faster and luckily the dash isn't tied to a stamina meter or you can just use it once it's kind of once you've dashed from one area to another from one sort of platform to another platform you can dash again and it's a really nice experience in that way that actually makes for that next level of movement and being able to dash then use your weapon and dash through hit down and just some of the combinations that you start being able to pick up slowly as you go through and i'll, I'll never be able to do some of the, the most advanced stuff in that game but actually what it does provide is such an extremely satisfying experience throughout yeah and one of the things i just want to say on the end one of the things i love the most about that game is that 90 percent of the abilities you get are used for traversing the environment and boss fights dashing dashing becomes crucial in boss fights for getting out of the way of stomp attacks and things like that or just dashing past the enemy as they come towards you later on you get the ability to shoot soul up above you so that's very useful for bosses as they're trying to attack you from above and you just you know the double jump you find yourself using all these different abilities to get around these worlds and also to take on the enemies and that's what i like because it's not just it's not just oh okay i've got this ability i'm gonna use it to get from here to here some of them are like the the charge that i was talking about you can't really use that in a boss fight but your double jump your dash you know things like that they become crucial parts of your arsenal when it comes to those boss fights yeah there's definitely this the feeling of when a wait I can't remember what boss it was um, off the top of my head now, but uh, I wish I'd made a note. But being able to um, dash underneath them as they're, they're attacking or dash over the top of them may just gave you that sense of, okay, I've got one up here on the boss. I've actually got a, another way of moving. I can move a little bit easier. I can move a bit quicker. Mm. Um, I can move out of the way of things. And uh, what I like about it was everything felt like it was being done for a purpose it wasn't like oh i need to get this ability just for this reason to go open that door with this ability no this ability is going to help you traverse the world or this ability is going to i gave you that that next sense of okay how is this going to help me or i found myself going is how is this going to help me against that boss okay now i can move through here and i just think that the developers team cherry got it right they really did i i i was frustrated because I'm an idiot, simply, and I get angry with these kind of games really quickly. Um, but 
actually, when I take a step back and if someone said to me, go on then, what is your, you know, your overall experience? Or, what, you know, is it a fun game? Yeah, it is. It really is a really fun game. Maybe not someone who's looking for a casual Metroidvania experience, but would you recommend it to somebody who wants a challenge in Metroidvania experience? And are you going to carry on playing it? Yeah, so I think, firstly, twofold on that question, would I recommend it to someone? Yeah, but go in there with eyes wide open. It's a game that will kick your backside. Yeah. There'll be a point where you get better than the game and you can you can speed through boss fights, and but it's not... It doesn't last long, trust me. <laughs> no, it doesn't last long. Even I found that out. Um, but it's a game that I hold in that same regard as it goes into the Souls category. And would I ever recommend a Souls game? Yeah, I would. Because, or not, not, not there's, there's Souls games that I wouldn't recommend. But if you've played, sorry, the way I recommend Souls games is if you've played a Souls game and you know what you're getting in for, then play um, Hollow Knight. If you've played a Metroidvania and you know what you're getting in for, play Hollow Knight. Simple as that. If you're not sure and you're a little bit on the fence, do a bit of research, pick it up when it's on sale. It's it is it's been it's out on for Xbox like, Game Pass. Uh, there you go. It's on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, same with Ori and the uh, the Ori games, play them because it is an it really is a great experience. And, you know, we get we as people who talk about games get hung up on these triple a developed games so easily like you know the triple a industry is terrible this is bad this is bad yeah this game came out five years ago but it feels like it came out in 2022 this game is is it will stand up today and it'll stand up in 10 years you know 20 years because it is that good yeah definitely i i can't add anything to to what you said like i said i think it's i think it's the best metroidvania experience out there um I definitely one of the reasons I call it Soulsvania is not just because of the mechanic of losing your geo and stuff, but because of that difficulty level. Um, you know, the the boss I got stuck on is the five knights later in the game after the Dream Needle. If anyone has got that far, they'll they'll know what I'm on about. Mm. Um, but there is essentially a boss fight where there are five beetles that you fight uh, two at a time, but they all bounce around the stage and and roll around and you have to dodge and dodge and dodge and it's it's so it's so precise and it's so challenging but I, even then i would recommend it i think as well um play this game for the soundtrack the soundtrack oh yeah definitely amazing. Like, even like, just the small details like the the cartographer and it's like <laughs> yeah you know those kind of sounds or when you get near a um like a worm thing in a jar all oh, the grubs, that. yeah, yeah, the grubs. You can hi- kind of hear this, and you're like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> yeah. and it's these kind of like sitting there going, what, what, "What? What was that from?" And it is those little things that really make uh, this game. You asked, "Would I? Would will I? Will I? Where I carry on playing it?" The answer is yes. As I said earlier, it would be in stages. Um, it's a game that I don't want to leave on my backlog any longer. Um, 
but at the same time I've had enough of my feel of Hollow Knight to say actually do you know what we'll come back at a later date when I'm not kind of trying to hammer through other bits and pieces as well I think I owe it to myself to play it and complete it but I also um, if I'm going to sit here and recommend it to people I need to make sure I, I, I get it finished and I see those credits even if it's just once yeah <laughs> yeah no, I understand what you mean well um okay before we before we end off then do you just want to tell people once again where they can find you and what it is that you do yeah so you can find my podcast um which is desert island games you can find it on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from there's many podcasting apps google has one and uh good pods and loads and loads and loads of different podcasting apps you can find it on like i think seven or eight of those maybe nine um you can come and shout on me on social media i can't promise that i won't shout back and that's uh, at that chap zap um i have a youtube channel which concentrates a bit more on sim racing overall than anything else which is that next game so you can kind of head over there and see me drive cars like computerized cars badly uh which is hilarious if that's your sort of thing but yeah that's where you can find me um don't really stream too much these days it's normally just the podcast and the video stuff that i do so that's me oh well it's it's been great having you on um thank you very much again i will link all of your stuff in the description below definitely go check out richard and everything he does but that brings us to the end of the episode and thank you very much for listening i hope you guys have enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed yourself richard yeah no i really appreciate it thanks for like it's it's nice to 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 come on to to your show i think what you guys do the play along podcast is 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 really really good and this show is also great because you've recommended a game that i haven't played or i haven't played much of and been able to sit there after all the recommendations you gave me i think this was the perfect one to play so yeah no i really appreciate it oh well you're too kind thank you but we will catch you guys next time bye 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 bye